Amen. How many knows it has nothing to do with me, but it's all about Jesus? We serve an awesome, awesome God. And if it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Well, welcome to Homecoming 2019. If you're a visitor, if you ain't figured out yet, you at a Pentecostal church. You probably done figured that out by now. But I want to, uh, before I get into my message, I want to thank everybody for all that you've done for us. The other half, the prettiest half. Amen. She is doing excellent. Excellent. And I was thinking this morning, next Sunday will be a year <clears throat> that she walked right into my life right down that aisle right there. Amen. Don't tell me God can't bless you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans 8 and 28. Every time that I've ever went through a trial in my life, God's always given me a verse. And people will come by and repeat it, give it to me, say it, and they don't even know each other. And uh, this time it's been Romans 8 and 28. And if you will stand with me, we're going to read all the way through verse 39. They done took the clock down, so I don't have a clue as to what time it is. So I'm fighting against the spirit of fried chicken. And so uh, if, if you feel an overwhelming need to eat, just leave and go back there. I'll catch you later. Romans 8 and 28, and I'm just going to read all the way through verse 39, and then we'll get into the message. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Do I have any called people in here this morning? Verse 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. That means God's got a plan for your life, a predestined plan for your life. And that means he's called you to do something. And those who steps into that calling, he glorifies. Amen. I like this next verse. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Anybody have any things in their life? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. I asked him to sing Reckless Love this morning. I didn't really like that song when it first came out because I thought it didn't 
have good meaning because God wasn't reckless. But I found out how much he just lavishes, pressed down, shaking together his love in my life here lately. He said he'd freely give us all things. Verse 33 says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm going to preach to the called people right here. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, I can say that this morning, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I can't run around up here like I normally do. But I'm going to try my dead level best. If you're in here this morning and your life's a mess, you're depressed, broken, you're, you're, everything's falling apart, and you're wondering why you even here, that's because I prayed all week God would send you here. If you're about ready to kill your wife or you're about ready to kill your husband, if you're sick, you might be on your deathbed. If you're here this morning, that's because you're appointed by God to be here. Because I want to talk to you this morning is your calling will bring you through. God did not save us to sit on the church bench and just warm the padded pews every Sunday morning. I'm going to say that again. God did not save us to sit on the church pew and warm it every Sunday morning and be stagnated and not have any joy or any life. But he has called us and give us a purpose on this earth. He's called me to preach and sing. He might have called you to do something different. But either way, we have all got something to do for God. But if you're here this morning and you're wondering why your life's a mess and and this and that's going on and you say... Brother Paul, how can God use me? My life is a total wreck. I'm the least in the kingdom. Why would God want to use me? He could pick somebody else that's got something better to offer than I do. I'm going to tell you this morning, God has called you no matter what your situation is. It's time that we surrender our lives and give it to Him wholly and say, God, I'm giving you everything that that I got. That's all I've got to offer you is everything that I've got. And I'm giving you my life because I know that there's something greater than what I've got right now. Now, I talked about this at the women's conference the other night, and I'm going to share it with you. They said years ago that the the most famous fish that people like to eat was cod. Now it's salmon. 
They say so many people are eating salmon that the polar bears are having a hard time getting their, their fish. But years ago, it was cod, and I like them both. And, and they decided they was going to transport these out west, and, and they were going to put them in fish tanks. Well, first they tried to freeze the fish and, and ship them that way in big freezers. And by the time they got out there, they, they didn't taste right and the texture wasn't good. And they didn't know what to do. So they tried different things. And then they said, well, we're going to put them in a fish tank. And that way when they get out there, they'll be alive. And when we get them out of the tank, we can throw them on the grill. And they'll have the right texture and the right flavor. Well, they put them on the train and and in the fish tanks and took them all the way out there. And they still tried to eat them, but they still wouldn't quite right. They still didn't have the right texture. Something wasn't right. And how is it possible for us to be alive and well and moving and going about our daily things and still not be fresh, still not something right? Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Still not something be quite right in our spirit. I get up in the morning and I just don't feel right. I get up in the morning and I just can't quite push past this feeling that I've got. They tried and they thought, how are we going to keep these fish fresh so we can transport them to these restaurants and different things? So somebody had the idea they're going to take the catfish, the biggest predator to the cod, and put it in the tank. So the whole time while they was in the tank, while being transported, they was running for their life. Well, when they got them there, they was fresh and they tasted right and everybody was happy. Sometimes God knows what catfish to put in our tank. I'm getting somewhere this morning. I said sometimes God knows what catfish to put in our tank. This that we don't get stagnated and we got to fight a little bit. Sometimes you got to get back to these things and say, nothing can separate me from the love of God. You might be in here this morning and you got a catfish chasing after you. It's okay. God's just keeping you fresh. He's going to pull you through. Oh, church, I wish somebody listened to me this morning. I said no matter what comes our way, God is doing something. All things work together for good to them. All that love God to them who are called according to His purpose. I don't know about you, but I'm called according to His purpose. You this morning are called according to God's purpose, and He's got plans for you. He wants to take you somewhere. Oh, listen to me. When I was laying in the bed and at that hospital and, and my whole world seemed like it was coming in. The doctors was coming in and giving me bad news about my wife and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't concerned about a hospital bill. I wasn't concerned really about myself. I wanted to know what was going to happen to her. And they come in and say, it don't look good. And at one time I thought that maybe she would be a vegetable for the rest of her life. And I remember that doctor coming into my room and giving me that message. And I thought to myself, I didn't tell him or the rest of his team that. I said, you can just take that diagnosis and walk right back out that door with it. Because here in just a minute, I'm going to go to the great physician. See, 
I realized that there was a catfish that was following me around the tank. And I began to lay in the bed, and, and I could look out my hospital window and see the hospital that she was at over at Roanoke Memorial. And I would point to it, and I said, Alicia, in the name of Jesus, you coming over here before you go home, you're not going to be that way. God has called us to do something. I told the Lord, I said, God, you didn't call us to do this. See, I got sense enough to know that God's got a purpose and a plan, that all things work together. I said, God, I don't understand what you're doing here in the middle of all this mess, but I know that you're going to do something in our life. I know that you're going to work it all out. Oh, it wouldn't be just a few weeks. Uh, everything begin to turn. Let me tell you something. You may feel that fish nipping on your tail a little bit and you might be swimming as fast as you can but eventually if you hang on to Jesus oh those things are going to work together for your good you're going to look back and say how in the world did God do it me and my father-in-law was talking the other night we've been having late night dates at the Waffle House (laughs) sometimes that's why I'm in the bed at 7.30 And I got to talking about, I said, I said, one of the things that's really held me together through all this, and I hadn't just quite lost it, and I have had some moments. You can ask my mother-in-law. I've had some moments, and she told me one time, she says, I think you're like Alicia. You forget about what God's done for you. Maybe you need to be back in here. I said, Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. Do you remember saying that? I she said it. And I said, God, forgive me. Look where you've brought me. Look where you brought me. And I, I, I told him, I said, I said, I've been through things before. And I said, for the past three years, the devil has literally tried to destroy my life. I mean, completely wreck it. And I said, but I've seen God take everything and turn it around once before. And I said, I know that he's going to do it again. Listen to me, church. I'm a living example. I don't claim to know everything, but all things work together for the good of them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. I don't care what you're going through this morning. Just because you got problems does not mean God has forgotten about you. It does not mean that he's left you and kicked you aside. Oh, but God is real. And if you will just step into the calling, if you'll just step into what God's got for you to do, oh, he's going to make a way. I promise you, you're looking at a living example of what God can do. I believe and know that he can. There ain't no devil in hell that can stop you from doing what God wants you to do. I don't care what they say about you. I don't care what people talk about you. I don't care the lies that they say about you. And somebody may say, well, brother so-and-so did this or they did that. Honey, it don't matter because nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing's going to be able to separate you from the calling of God. I said absolutely nothing. Oh, you just need to pull your bootstraps up and say, I'm going for it no matter what. Oh, I wish about 20 people would help me preach this morning. I refuse to let the devil take over my life. 
Some of us, I, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to say this. And don't get mad at me, but we need some husbands in the house to accept the calling that God's called you to be the leader of your household. Can I preach that right here just a minute? Hold on, women. I'm coming after you next. I said we need some men, godly men, that will step up and say, I'm going to be the leader of the household that God's called me to be. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. Let me tell you something. When the devil was trying to say all the stuff about my, my wife, I began to say, devil, let me tell you something. God's put me in charge and to oversee her well-being. That's a godly calling that he's given me. That's a godly calling, men, that he's given you. And you better take it seriously. And I said, devil, absolutely not. You're going to have to go through me. I rebuke every lie that you've called over my wife, and I speak life. Let me tell you something. I have seen God do it from the beginning all the way to the end. Even when she couldn't even speak, I'd get down and I'd say, you coming out of this. Because that's what God's called us to do. God's called the men to be men. And it's time that we stand up and quit being feminine and get somewhere and start getting ourselves right and saying, Lord, I'm going to be the ruler over this house. I didn't say the bossy one over the house and you're going to tell everybody what to do. I said no to be the spiritual leader of your house. That's what God's called you to do. And there ain't nothing... Listen, can I give it to you from a preacher's standpoint? What a message for homecoming. There ain't nothing like a woman, a wife, that'll support her husband. I heard Pastor Lee say this, and if you don't like it, you can fuss with him. He said, women, if you want your husbands to do something, brag on them and quit nagging them to death. They say, I ain't never coming back to this church. But the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. I never thought I'd preach that. But that doesn't mean that he can beat you down and, and, and treat you like a dog. That means that you're submissive enough to work with your husband. And God's called you to do a chore. God give me a good one. If y'all don't know it, I love her. But God's called us to do things. And in that calling, whatever your calling is, I wish I could go this morning and tell everybody what your calling is. Some of it I already know, but some of you I don't know because God's not shown me and we've never talked about it, so I don't know. But... We all have a calling on the inside of us that propels us. And it seems like every time that I want to give up and it seems like that I just want to run away and say, I've had enough of this, I'm just overwhelmed. And I've had times like that in the ministry. I've been doing this a long time. 
probably 20 plus years, ever since I was old enough to speak. But there's been times that I wanted to give up. I just said, this ain't worth it. These people are driving me crazy. But there was something on the inside of me, and I hope I can relate this to you. There was something on the inside of me that was propelling me to keep going, that there was something more. There was, there was a desire, a hunger to keep singing. There was a desire to still get up and preach when people talked about you. There was a desire to keep going. But see, because I don't do it for anybody else but King Jesus. I don't do it for money. Oh, if that was the case, I'd quit a long time ago. Oh, I don't do it for nobody else, but I do it for Jesus. And it just keeps propelling me to keep going. It's a pleasure to do what God wants me to do. And I was thinking about the best way to relate this is the calling and how it draws you. Is my wife. Because she come walking into this church almost a year ago. And when she gets out, she can give her own testimony, but I'm going to give a little bit of it. When she come walking into this church, and she'll tell you, she hated preachers. The only reason that she came is because Sharon Angle and Lisa and David and Sandy and Brother Angle and all them on that pew right there tortured her to come to church. She said, I don't want to come. Preachers aren't nothing but women-hungry men. All they want is to launder money. That's what she said. You can ask her. And I'll never forget, she come walking up that aisle, or that side right there, mad at the world. Well, mad at preachers. And y'all didn't know it, but Pastor Lee and I was in the crosshairs. And she knew my current situation somehow. She told her mom that morning, if Paul hits on me, I'll never come to church again. (laughs) But as she came walking in that morning, I seen something, and God had dealt with me before, that there was a calling being stirred in her. And she was in a battle because she was being called by God to sing, amongst other things. And it was drawing her, and she was fighting against it. And preachers was the blame. And she came in that morning, and she wouldn't even look up on the stage at us and would hardly even speak to me. And give me the look like if you speak to me, I'm going to bite your head off. That's how we met after many years. So I just left her alone. I didn't want to be bit off. I just felt God, I seen God leading her through her calling. And there's a lot of you in here this morning that you dealing with all kinds of stuff and, and maybe you're not living right. Maybe you you got issues going on and, and you've not been serving God 
like you once did. But God's drawing you in that calling. It might be to sing. It might be to preach. Now, ultimately, he's the one that does the drawing. But in that drawing, he's saying, you have a purpose. You have, you, you're called to preach. You're called to teach. You're called to do something. It might be to clean the church, but you're called to do something. It might be to cook, do, do something, but we're called to do something. To witness. And I want to tell you something. The moment that you make up your mind, that I'm going to surrender myself to you, Lord. That's the whole key to the process. When you say, Lord, I'm going to surrender myself to you. And God, I know that I'm where I'm at right now. And I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to turn my life over to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, wash me, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me because, God, I want to get busy. I know that there's more for me to do. And if you make up your mind and you say, God, I'm going to do that, you're going to watch God and then return. Bless your life. Can I say that? If you make up your mind that you're going to serve God, He will in return bless your life. We've got people who are called and they've accepted the calling, but they also enjoy sin. Can I preach it right now? God's been so good to me, I can't preach it any other way but real. We want to dabble in sin and still say, I'm going to preach. We want to dabble in sin and say, I'm still going to sing. And then we, we wonder why our lives are in such a mess and why God hasn't done this or done that in our life. Let me tell you something. You need to open your lives and say, God, I'm going to fall in love with you. I'm not going to be partakers of the world and partakers of the church all at the same time. But God, I'm going to follow after you and give my whole life to you. We've got too many people trying to drag ministry into the world and world into the ministry. There's got to be a separation of world and ministry. There's got to be a separation of your life and the world. I'm telling you, church, you want to be set free from some things. You start living a life that is pleasing to God. You start living a life that's holy and say, Lord, I'm not perfect. How many knows that we're not perfect in here this morning? The Bible says strive to be perfect, but we're not perfect. I said you're not perfect and I'm not perfect. But there's something about somebody that says I'm going to do my best to serve God. When I fall, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to make it right and I'm going to keep going. Oh, but you don't understand my life. You, You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what I'm dealing with. No, I don't understand. But I do know this. I've experienced the reckless love of Jesus. Meaning when he shouldn't have loved me, he still did. Meaning when, when, when your life is falling apart and ain't nothing working out, that you can flip over to Romans 8, verse 28. 
that all things work for good to them that love God and who are called according to His purpose. I know your life's a mess, but you got to understand, you get your life right, you might have a catfish chasing you. It's going to be all right. God will pull you through. I said God will pull you through. To be called means to be summoned by divine command to announce or to proclaim. I don't know if you've been summoned by divine command this morning to do something for God. Have you ever been somewhere and the Lord just began to speak to you and say, go do this? God's called us to announce and proclaim His glory, His salvation. It's time that we step into that calling. Romans 11 and 29 says, the gifts and callings are without repentance. Meaning God's got something for you to do. And he's not going to take it back. And you can be like my wife, miserable this morning, knowing that you weren't where you needed to be with Jesus. Knowing that something's missing in your life. You can look around at your life and say, I'm not happy with where I'm at right now. You're missing Jesus. I said, you're missing Jesus this morning. Those callings are without repentance. And that means God's going to turn around and bless you if you step into that calling. I'm going to ask Sarah and them to come back. You might be in here this morning and say, I'm just a hillbilly from Floyd County. And God ain't going to call me. That's for somebody else. God ain't called me to do nothing. I'm just a Christian. You're missing it. God has called us to do something. God has called us. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. And the best explanation that I can describe that verse, Brother Angle said it years ago, I remember, is if you can... Imagine a big old arch in front of you, an arch that you could walk through. And on the front of that arch, as you look at it, it says, called. And I believe all of us this morning are standing in front of that arch that says, called. says many are called but few are chosen God's calling you this morning it doesn't mean that there's better preachers than the other because we all are equal at Calvary 
It doesn't mean there's a more important Christian or a more important singer. I had somebody tell me one time, you're the chosen of God. You're not just called, but you're chosen. Meaning that what she was trying to say was that I was kind of above. I said, no, that's not how God is. I'm no better than Pastor Lee, and Pastor Lee's no better than me. We all look alike at Calvary. But we all looking at that arch that's just called. And we walk through that arch if we accept the calling. And when we turn around and look back, it says chosen. I want to ask you this morning. Do you want to accept the reckless love of God? Do you want to accept Him in whatever He's got for your life? You might have some catfish chasing you around the tank. But keep going. I watched my wife walk into her calling. And you can ask anybody that's known her. She's the happiest now she's ever been in her life. Three years ago when my life was torn all to pieces and I thought it was all over and the Lord kept dealing with me to preach, 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 preach and sing and sing and sing and I didn't want to sing and I didn't want to preach. I just wanted to give up. But I give in to the calling and said, Lord, I'm going to follow after you no matter what because I looked back and it said chosen and there's something about nothing can separate me from the love of God nothing's going to separate you from the love of God and God brought me through and God's going to bring you through you just got to accept it so I'm going to ask you this morning as they begin to sing this song the Bible says that he'd give us pressed down shaking together and running over Do you want some of that this morning? I didn't say you weren't going to have to fight every once in a while. But if you want the glory of God to be in your life, he said those that he called, he glorified. Do you want that this morning? That means when you don't feel like it, sing it anyway. When you don't feel like it, get up out of bed and come to church. I'm preaching it this morning. Say, I'm going to get up and teach Sunday school. I'm going to get up and try to figure out what in the world God has put me on this planet for. God has called me to do something. If you want that calling this morning, I want you to get up out of your seat and come to this altar. You can get this, Brother Sausage. Come up to this altar and get down on your face and say, Lord, I surrender myself to the calling. Come.